Hi, hello. Welcome to Mystic Magic, your resident podcast about healing and spirituality. I am Maria, your resident payer, Patreon artist, game dev, and theater designer. And this is my partner and co-host. Hi! So I'm Jenny and I'm our all-around boo-boo magic person and I'm mostly involved in yoga, meditation, tarot, and passive feeling. And welcome to our show, Mystic Magic. <laughs> yes, today is an episode where we'll talk about the fear of death. Right? Music, music, music. <laughs> And that was the music. Um, <laughs> so hi guys. We have today we're gonna talk about death. We have a question from our friend Wendy who says, mm-hmm. Can you guys talk about fear of death? How to manage fear of death for those who have that? And this is very timely because mm-hmm. we have the GCQ recently lifted and we don't really have the best and most solid containing the pandemic plans. So Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, mm-hmm. their current narrative is that Hunger Games, so how are we gonna? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I have a few friends who posted no. something like that on Facebook. <laughs> no, but you know, it's completely valid. It's completely valid. Yeah, but before anything else, I just want to say a shout out to Wendy. Wendy is an amazing um, energy healer as well. She's based in Cebu and we're also going to link her stuff in our show notes so you can check out her work but yeah it's completely valid whatever it is that you feel um regarding death but that's why Maria and I are here we'd like to hopefully give you guys like a few pointers and a few topics where you can um safely process or think about your own mortality and how you view death in general so yeah the journey how what do you think is the best framework to approach this fear of death? Well, I don't really, I don't really believe that there's a best framework for for things like these because it's incredibly like the process is going to be incredibly personal for each and every single person. But I do think it's important that you approach the topic in a more positive way. It's kind of like. Death positivity. So that's a thing, apparently. Death positivity, much like sex positivity or body positivity. It's just about this concept of like approaching death in a healthy manner, like looking for avenues and looking for ways on how you'd be able to process your own fragility when it comes to mortality. So it's basically demystifying death and looking at ways how you can process how you feel and what you think about the entire concept of death and dying for yourself and like for others. Yeah. So anyway. I, I actually love that you said that it's like body and sex positivity because mm-hmm. in astrology, mm-hmm. death is grouped with Scorpio, which does deal Ooh, with really? sex and death energy. Yes, because my rising sign is Scorpio. Hello, mga Scorpio na nakikinig! Awesome. <laughs> my this rising is sign is Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's one of, it's the, the problem is we don't have a proper relationship with death because it's that so taboo. It's mm-hmm. so taboo. Like, that's part of the problem. We we That's don't know true. how to we don't have a stamina or we don't have the tool sets to talk about it because 
we also don't want to touch it. So it's like having a Christian priest try to talk about safe sex. He'd rather not, right? He'd, he'd rather not talk about it. For, so for a lot of us, we'd rather just not talk about that. Exactly, which makes it very difficult, mostly because if you don't talk about it, then you wouldn't know how to confront it. And that's gonna... It's hard to move forward from something that you don't understand and don't know how to process. And it's super strange because all of us are all eventually going to die. <laughs> and not only that, we're all going to encounter death if it's not our own death. Because, you know, like our family and loved ones are all going to die. So I really feel like it's important to have sort of like a conversation regarding how you feel and what you think about death, either your own or others. Yes. So step one is acknowledge that this is sweeped under the rug a lot, but we are mm-hmm. all mortal. That's a sweet, sweet reminder. And mm-hmm. that it's okay to not be okay at this or not to be good at this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But the step one is you need to admit that we have not talked about this properly, like as a society, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a culture, right? So mm-hmm. we need to be able to address that lacking because it's lacking. It's much healthier to actually talk about it. Yeah, and I think that's why Claire Wineland, do you guys remember her? Like she has this issue, her lung issue. She's the daughter of John Wineland and she is this beautiful, bubbly person who got super viral on YouTube, mostly because she was so candid about the way she talked about death. Because she knew she was going to die. She was terminally ill. I forgot what she had, but she needed a lung transplant. And she was very candid about her condition and about her attitudes towards death. So I felt like that's why that's why she became very famous and viral because she was willing to talk about something that was super taboo for the rest of the world. Yes. And I feel like I, I, I just want to approach this from a societal perspective mm-hmm. um, and even architectural because I have a BS in architecture. We have physically and structurally compartmentalized death away from us and even aging. oh my gosh you're right yeah yeah so so for example you have funeral parlors so people don't even mm-hmm. witness death when you kill or like quote-unquote murder meat or sacrifice a chicken for example mm-hmm. your normal typical city boy can't do it even though he eats meat mm-hmm. all the time right so it's almost like we have this severe what do you call this attached like we disconnection there you go we have this severe yeah. disconnection from the relationship of life and death as like two sides mm-hmm. of the same coin so mm-hmm. we are like we're technically fueled by the deaths of like you know other legacies yeah. of things that have died before us mm-hmm. of the lives of the food that you know lives through us but because mm-hmm. we don't even witness that death we don't know how special right. it is Right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So we don't. Like, I mean, the typical city person has never seen a pig die, or even a nor- or a normal like person die. Even the people die all the time. That's true. I've never witnessed anything die. Oh, really? Like, right in, oh, no, like damn. right in front of me, or like oh, maybe gosh. like maybe like a frog during biology class when we had to dissect it. But that was like exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, it's incredibly, it's incredibly sanitized, and I absolutely agree with what you said because I have a background in anthropology as well, and it's also the anthropology of space, like cemeteries. They're all super. Like if you look at it spatially. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're also removed from they're removed from the rest of like 
life. Exactly. I mean, it's usually in the outskirts of town. It's not within the town. So even spatially, death is incredibly removed from all of us. So that's why I feel like it's super difficult to have a conversation about it because we're so detached from the concept of it. And you're right. Like I haven't, I haven't witnessed anything die. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And the thing is, well, mm-hmm. I say I, I my, my family has a farm, so I mean, I've at mm-hmm. least seen animals die, and I've seen a few like really old grandparents like suffer, but not necessarily lose their not breath. Not necessarily. Yeah. 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 yeah the, their last breath. I just want mm-hmm. to also say, like, that's also that's also one of the politics around zoning laws. So, for example, mm-hmm. in older cultures. Mm-hmm. It would be normal to have urns. It'd be normal to have like all of your relatives touch a dead body or even look at a dead body like straight in the face, right? As a way of respect, as a way of... Oh my gosh. Yeah, as a way of properly cutting the ties and even ac- it helps you accept the fact that they're gone, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing is, culturally... What we've done is we've created nursing homes where, mm-hmm. you know, people who are fading away or even hospitals, people mm-hmm. who are having a hard time are visually and like physically apart from the people who would love and care for them. Right? Exactly. So they, exactly. They are basically, it's almost like they're eaten by a capitalistic system. Right? It's like, <laughs> okay, it's like, okay, let's grab your old... Lola and put them somewhere <laughs> far away and you know I'll yeah. charge you for some other person to play board games with them like it's almost like if you really feel that like on a societal mm-hmm. level there's something wrong with that and that's why then, kids don't even know what an old person look like looks like or like an old person who's happy looks like because we just you know segregated everybody exactly and it's so strange also because you can see it with the language that we're using like a lot of people can't say someone's dead like that like they say they use a different metaphor like they passed on or something like that or they're no longer with us something like that instead of just plainly stating that hey that person's dead they use some other term right so even with the language that we use we sort of like remove ourselves or we detach ourselves from the concept of death and like and like aging also like i i like what you said that we even put like our aging um, family members in nursing homes. And that's why I think we have like a lot of um, products to make sure that you don't look older, right? We yeah, have so e- many procedures for that. So. I mean, even if you look at the media landscape, you don't have films <laughs> that the protagonists are old or like in the mm-hmm. later stage of their life. So people mm-hmm. have this misguided notion in their heads of like, your life's just done by that age or like you do like what do even what do even people by that age do right you don't even have a reference for it because they don't even exist in the conversation that's uh, to be honest that's there's something wrong with that right so if you create art or narrative i encourage you to involve older people like in your process and Mm -hmm. see how much wisdom it actually infuses so i think that's also what's really cool about intergenerational homes that have Mm -hmm. these ancestral figures like in Mm -hmm. their 80s they have a different i don't know they have a different relationship with life right yeah and it is so it's so that wisdom is so lost to us because we compartmentalize Mm -hmm. it away Mm -hmm. so i kind of feel like okay so instead of sweeping death under the rug why don't look 
why don't you look at it in the face and then actually invite it closer? You'd actually oh, learn a lot from it. Yeah, that's very true. But also I feel like that's very true. But also it's very scary for mm-hmm. a lot of us. Like it takes a lot of courage to confront something. Um, to confront something as monumental as the concept of death and dying. Yeah. But diba? But that's a thing to say. Like I feel like uh, we haven't really explored like the concept of death. Um, we're all incredibly focused in the part of the conversation wherein, oh my gosh, it's just all grief and it's just all mourning. But there are actually different frameworks on how to view death because there are um, there are some cultures in the world that instead of just completely doubling down in grief, some some cultures actually celebrate it. So for them, death is actually festive. Death yeah, is actually something, right? It's something that you should celebrate, for example. Yeah, could you like give an example of Jenny? Oh, okay. So I was just talking to an Indian friend of mine. And um, I asked him about their funeral practices. So in India, instead of burying the dead, they actually cremate their dead. Um, and they usually do it beside a river. And mm-hmm. then before they bring their body, so as they're bringing the body near the river to be burned there, the they actually the, the procession actually involves a lot of shouting, a lot of throwing garlands of flowers everywhere. So alongside the grief and mourning that uh, the people the people feel towards death, it's there's also this sense an air of festivity, mostly because. Um, the dead is now going to move on to the afterlife and they're no longer going to be here. And so, yeah, like I feel like it's just important to look at it like that, that they're actually going to quote unquote a better place. That's why they're celebrating it. So I feel like it's just important to remind ourselves that death, like, yes, death is sad and death is heavy and it's, full of grieving and stuff. But also at the same time, if we choose to view it in a different way, it can also be festive. Yeah, I feel like there's like different lenses that (laughs) cultures have. So for example, in Dia de los Huertos of Spanish people, there's a Mm -hmm. sense of the dead looking over you. Or even in Chinese, your ancestors are looking over you. You Mm -hmm. offer them Mm -hmm. food in the altars. And for the Japanese... Uh, there's this sense of even in aesthetics, something mm-hmm. that can die or something mm-hmm. that can be broken becomes more beautiful because of that mortality. Oh yeah, what is that thing called? Like when you when you when you make something that's broken, like that Japanese uh, thing. I think that's I think that's a kinet something, and that we can leave it in the show notes. But yeah, there- is it the same thing? Is that what we're talking about here? Yes. Yes, but ah. I feel like but I feel like those are two different philosophies though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The okay, something broken is different from something being temporal. So for example, the sakura <laughs> blossoms are celebrated because they end quickly, right? So oh. its briefness is part of why it's so beautiful. Special. Because yeah, because you actually treat it as a special event because you know that it won't be here for long. That's true. Which That's brings true. me to like, uh, I just wanted to share a meditation. So, or mm-hmm. it's not even that much of a meditation. It's more of like a technique. One of the things that is helpful for, so if you're a person who says that 
I don't have a goal in life. I don't know where I'm mm-hmm. going. I don't mm-hmm. know what I want. Mm-hmm. Just pretend that you will die within the year, mm-hmm. right? And then instead of saying it mentally in your head, um, the meditation slash exercise that I read this from said that instead of thinking about it, feel it. Like feel mm-hmm. it in your body. Like feel the energies from your like happenstance, supposed futures, like real back. Like all that, you reclaim ah. it back. Yeah, you reclaim it back and say, no, you only have a year. You don't have that much, right? And then see. Oh my gosh, what, I'm doing I'm doing the meditation, like as right you're now, like prompting. Yeah, I'm as doing I'm talking, it. And just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it feels so weird. Right? Because your priorities change. Your priorities yeah. change when you feel like you don't have enough time, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then the person who recommended this, I am writing down the people that I am name dropping because I am mm-hmm. name dropping them pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. So the the person who recommended this, Maris Tran, said that, mm-hmm. okay, stick to one year for a week. And then for mm-hmm. the next week, try six months. How does your priorities mm-hmm. change? And then mm-hmm. she's not even telling you to do those priorities, right? She's just yeah. saying, okay, those are your, those are your actual priorities with them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the next week, do three months. Then the next week, do one month and then the next week like you can feel your energy like up into you right because it's like you don't you know it's there's no possible future anymore because it's just now exactly oh my god and and then you try yeah and then try one week like i will die next week and then what's important right Mm -hmm. and then actually say what's important when the first time i did this i actually imagined death being a friend like, mm-hmm. I imagined him like some cool anime dude who just hangs out with me. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. He's like, he has like a, he has a look. He has a look yeah. for me. And then, and then every time I do something, he keeps I love it. asking. Has a look. Yeah. yeah, he keeps asking, is that actually important? Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's always like, he's always hounding you technically from your shoulder. By the way, you can give him any gender you like. My personal death's just a guy. Yeah. make him a cat you know, whatever you want but yeah. my point is that he's actually super helpful for me yeah. when I make mm-hmm. decisions because I'm going to ask mm-hmm. him is this actually important right mm-hmm. like in the mm-hmm. face of death is like if I'm going to die is this actually mm-hmm. important right and then mm-hmm. so you try three days and then on the last um, way of that exercise um, mm-hmm. as if you're going to die today 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 who are you going to talk to what words How are you going to say yeah, yeah, what's actually important? Um, what are your actual values? What's the bullshit that's gonna drop? What's mm-hmm. the um who are mm-hmm. you gonna forgive? Kasi nakakapagod, or you don't have yeah. time anymore, right? Yeah. And just try to live that day as if you are gonna die now. The first time I did this, the next day I was surprised I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I was that you're, I was that you're still alive. <laughs> Yeah, because it's really like you really get into the exercise that, okay, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do everything before I die. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to say that I'm going to die. Or, or you know, yeah. stuff like that. And I think what happens is that you you don't get scared of death anymore because you keep mm-hmm. practicing it, right? Mm-hmm. As if I'm going to die. As if I'm going to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get it. And there and there's that sense of finality. I also have this like really cool. I hear this also from other artists. Like mm-hmm. a voice teacher will be like, "Okay, what's the song you're gonna reach for if mm-hmm. 
you're gonna die before like when you, by the end of the song, right? Mm-hmm. So suddenly you know the song, right? So you keep yeah. saying you, so you keep saying that you don't know what you're gonna do with your life, but if people tell you, okay, you're gonna die by the end of this, you suddenly and then know. suddenly you'd know, yeah, yeah, because so so death is like has this very clearing energy, like mm-hmm. in in other texts, like by Wineland, um, death yeah, is like is a way to heighten up the potency of consciousness. Right, that awareness yeah. of all of death is like suddenly like your eyes are very wide open. Right. This is this is actually what's happening. Yeah. Cause cause to to lean into life, everything feels more vibrant. Whereas mm-hmm. if you lean into death, everything feels more silent and then clear. Right. So if you yeah. want to clear bullshit, actually meditate <laughs> on death. No, really, because if you meditate on life, it's just more messy. Like the party, yep. it feels like a lot of stuff is going on. But if, if you actually say, okay, no, 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 I'm going to die. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually yeah. more clear. So that's actually how helpful death is as a energy, like as an energy yeah. itself, like as an mm-hmm. ending, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like also societally, we don't know how to end things, right? Like, exactly. Like old versions of you dying. Um, exactly. Relationships exactly. dying. Marriages <laughs> failing. Right? We don't know how to... Like, if you have a... Like, I have this artist that I'm following who does pet funerals and she makes them into... Wow, pet funerals. Yeah, she makes... I've never heard that. Yeah, she makes these gorgeous, like, mandala flowers in in the middle of uh a forest for your your pet. For your pet. And it's so beautiful. And 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 I was looking at her feed and I was like, why... Why does this feel weird? Like, why does this feel taboo? Where in fact, uh-huh. it is beautiful to like honor the relationship that was gone. Right? Uh-huh. That is now I gone. It. I feel like that's why people are also into like dark punk skeleton stuff. Because there's that energy, you know? There's that yeah. energy of like really confronting and ending. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And not, not just to like sound off like a couple of things that you said. So I did the meditation while you were prompting us through it. And it's super strange because you know what the sensation I got? Mm-hmm. I got it like in my armpits. Can you believe that? Like the armpits. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to investigate that. But the sensation I felt like when we were talking about death and me like dying like soon, the sensation I got was like in my armpits and that was just such a weird place. So I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go investigate that later and like tune into my guides and ask why, why my armpits? Like, why is that significant? But anyway, yeah, yeah I really, I really, I, I agree with you with the whole talking about like meditating on death just make you so aware um, about everything of life. It makes life more vibrant, mostly because now you're focused on, you don't have space for bullshit anymore. Like you're focused on just the now, you're focused on the the present moment. And Achaka, if um, you really lean into this, Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, just a disclaimer. If you have a lot of like pre-meditations on death, like you want to die or are suicidal, do not do this meditation. Yes. Please, <laughs> please, just be logical, guys. <laughs> be logical. Yeah. Like, like if, if you're not in the mental state to think about it in that way, do not engage in this. But like, yes. if, if, if you are not that and you do want to try this, most mm-hmm. of the time, most of the time what happens is that for example, you pretend you're going to die tomorrow. 
you will realize you want to live. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I wanted to preclude the whole suicidal thoughts, people, because they don't get that sensation. But for, like, for of wanting to live, yes, yeah. But for people who really do this exercise and it's fit for them, they will get the visceral bodily sensation of wanting to live, right? Of fighting then, for your life, yeah. And then being like, and then what is living, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, ah, this restaurant, I want to eat this. Right mm-hmm. or oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I want to hug this person. Right mm-hmm. or oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I want to I want to say thank you like this. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even the way you dream of life into being will change because of this. Like if definitely, you do this, even if you do this really well, it's actually really. I feel like it's the gift of the Scorpio energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, the, it's, the, it's the gift of the death energy. It's yeah, and and it's not only that. Like um, I do Buddhism, so I'm involved. I have like a couple. I have two sanghas, one in Zen Buddhism and one in Tibetan Buddhism, and we also have uh, we also yeah, have Tibetans, meditation. Tibetans yeah. also have like a strong tradition with death, like exactly the death. Yeah, that's why we have like uh, that's why we have a death meditation in that in that community. So we you just contemplate on your own fragile fragile mortality and see how your perspective will change and how how your behavior will change based on the fact that you know you accept the fact that life is incredibly temporal, like what you said. And um, just to add to to add to the conversation regarding the vibrancy of life, I feel like it's also important for for people to reflect and think about the fact that we are like we can experience many deaths in our lives. Like, mm-hmm. how willing are you? How willing are you to experience a mini death in your life? Like. Um, I mean that in terms of like the changes that we experience as human beings or how willing are you to let that other versions of yourself die so that you can be reborn again. I remember this. I remember this quote by Pema Chodron and her beautiful book, When Things Fall Apart. Um, I love that book. I still reread it when I whenever I feel whenever I feel like things have fallen apart such as like now <laughs> um but there is this <laughs> awkward laughter <laughs> yeah awkward laughter <laughs> no but there is this quote there that I absolutely love and it goes only to the extent that we expose ourselves over and over to annihilation can that which is indestructible be found within us and I think what she means by that is how willing are you to die in the everyday life? Like, for example, um, how willing are you to be incredibly vulnerable? How willing are you to stay in that really uncomfortable place when you think you're going to die, but really you're not going to? Like, say, for example, you want to say hi to your crush. Like, can you stand that many deaths of like, being super duper embarrassed and being super duper he out, but then at the last minute you go say hi to your crush. Or like how willing so, are you to die in the moment of like frustration? Like shit, I am super duper frustrated and I want to give up on this project already, but you know, I am going to allow myself to experience all of these uncomfortable emotions and allow my old self to die. How I willing just are died you? died in your arms tonight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. How, how willing are you to experience that mini death 
in your life. And I feel like allowing yourself to experience those many deaths of the old self will actually help you confront the bigger, like the, 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 the grander scheme, like the grander framework of death, which is like your mortality. So I feel like it's important that people learn how to stay in that really uncomfortable place. And because when you're pinned to that moment, when you feel like you're going to die, it also reframes a lot of things because it also makes life more vibrant. Because now when you're like, when you're super duper uncomfortable, you're like, okay, now what is the shit that I'm going to drop so that, you know, all this all this pain and all this grief that I'm feeling at the moment is going to be worth it. Speaking of grief, I also want to point out that, okay, energetically how I see people who are grieving is that Mm -hmm. it's almost like there was a lance that pierced their aura and then Mm -hmm. now they're just more raw, right? Yeah. Just more vulnerable, right? And the thing is, they become more sensitive to life. But the thing is, it Mm -hmm. breaks them open to more life. Mm-hmm. Right, so you do, so it's almost like you don't want to grieve because you're too sensitive about everything. But the mm-hmm. thing is, that everything is life, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's like when we grieve, like a relationship ending, or even for example, you as someone who is the daughter of someone, and then you're no—I mean, you're still the daughter of someone, but that role no longer is. For example, you're caregiving for your mother Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And then that Mm -hmm. role no longer exists. Mm -hmm. That sudden loss makes you very, very sensitive to what that role felt like in your energy. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like, alam mo yung parang na yung paamo was expecting a step and then it wasn't there anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. So it suddenly makes your body really alert. Right? So energetically, Mm -hmm. that that breaking open, Mm -hmm. that's actually a gift. Right, because mm-hmm. you you wouldn't be that sensitive and open mm-hmm. by yeah, yourself. Actually, like that doesn't happen a lot. Like if you look at people's biographies, stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's like there's this average number of events that happen to a person. Like okay, divorce, you know, you lose your family, you know, mm-hmm. or like a war mm-hmm. or like a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's like it doesn't. Ha- it's not there all the time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that sensation of being broken open it's more of a question mm-hmm. of are you willing to be broken open that's the thing that's what i was like that's what i was talking about like how willing are you to go and go die in that moment so, yeah because the thing yeah. is if you don't address address the dr- address address the mm-hmm. grief you will numb yourself because you don't want to feel it the thing is you're going to numb yourself to everything else yeah yeah but like also- you're going to numb yourself to joy to love to excitement to I don't know, boredom, mm-hmm. disgust. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna numb yourself. You're gonna, um, you're gonna be husk. I know that yeah. it sounds very, yeah. I mean, it's really like it's easier to say than do. But the thing mm-hmm. is, to have like a relationship with death just means that you're gonna have a better relationship with you know, life. So, yeah, absolutely agree. No, and we'll um we'll talk about emotions more in a different episode and numbing and grief and all of that. Um. But yeah, I, I remember having a conversation with you, Maria, before, and you were talking about Deepak Chopra and what he said. Um, what was he? What did he say about um, death and like people fearing, like people who are afraid of death are actually afraid of life yes. and afraid of living. 
And I guess that's just the point of this entire episode. Like, I, I, I personally think that a healthy way of viewing death, your own mortality and the mortality of others is really examining how you live your life. And if you're not willing to have that conversation, I really suggest that you start having the courage to, finding the courage to, because we're all, we're all going to die one day. And mm-hmm. it would be, it would just be incredibly healthy if you little by little confront all of the thoughts and the feelings that you have about death. Yes, death can be complicated because it can bring up so many issues, but also at the same time, you can take it little by little. And it starts with having honest conversations about death and about, more importantly, the way you live your life. Yes, yeah, so if you're in a family or in a household which is hyper-fixated with trying to extend your life or trying to like keep this virus away, I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. for that, like being cautious and everything. But if that fear is so alive in people, I feel like they're also scared of the energy of death. Now, you know, mm-hmm. boy, do they actually have a lot of regrets in life. And they just yeah. channel and they just channel that energy into trying to preserve this, you know, this chance or trying to not mm-hmm. think about it. But mm-hmm. if you actually like face your life fully, Mm-hmm. There's this kind of deep-seated acceptance that okay, if I don't wake up tomorrow, they right? Yeah. There's there's no more there's no more panic of like oh my gosh, the hugus or oh my gosh, the DOH yeah. is not doing blah right because there's not, I mean because it's also valid, but the energy there's something up with it right there's the, mm-hmm. this 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 energy of panic and avoidance that I just want to call out that's mm-hmm. like dude that 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 mm-hmm. part of that. Thing that you're doing not mm-hmm. good right because mm-hmm. it's you're actually not addressing exactly what is actually in the room and yeah exactly so and i would like I, to end on that note that if yeah. you're so scared of dying maybe you're scared of living that's true like how well have you lived your life and then when i think you're gonna have a much more you're gonna have a healthier conversation about death if you answer that question, how well have you lived your life? And then see yes. how your feelings and thoughts towards death change when you answer those questions. There. <laughs> and that is our discussion about the fear of death, which uh-huh, in think, most cases mm-hmm. is also the fear of life. Because exactly. they are two faces of the same thing. Exactly. And tune in next time. We'll talk so about our next Maria. podcast drops. <laughs> yes. And thank you for listening. We'll talk about Maria. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode, we absolutely appreciate your support. If you have any questions that you'd like us to discuss uh, during, during our episodes, just send us a message or just comment on our Facebook page and we'll try to accommodate you. And bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Mystic Magic is produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Mystic Magic Podcast and find our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 